it's a little bit like free your feelings and like be yourself and also like for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, we're back. And we're talking to Shannon and Alexi. They are two of the four co-founders of Lost and Found, which will have a name change. It will be soon known as Crying Out Loud. However, they have not changed the name yet. So you can find them at Lost and Found TO on Instagram, and that's also their website. Yes. The business that they run supports Wait, those- Wait, start with the actual intro. We still haven't done the intro. <gasps> <laughs> We're totally who, what is our intro? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and welcome. Do it, do it. Do you know it? No, this is all you. I keep fucking it up. Oh, great. Welcome to We're Totally Not Okay. But that's okay. A podcast about the intersection between mass media, culture, and mental health. Je suis Kaylee Legrand. Et je m'appelle Justine. Shannon and Alexi and their co-founders run a business that offers gifts and ideas and ways to support those who are going through difficult transitions in life. So that means whether or not they have just recently lost a loved one or are dealing with infertility or going through a divorce, those times where you don't know what to do for somebody in a tough time, their place is to help take away that decision factor of what do I do and give you those ideas to help support those people. They're basically Hallmark, but for like shitty life events. Yeah. With like actual usefulness. Like it's not just like a card that you'll throw away. It's things that are more meaningful. Like they have like Jenga with questions for how to talk to your kid about like a spouse passing away and, and just things like that that are meant to actually like give you action items to make meaningful change and create spaces for positive mental health. Which I find incredibly interesting because for somebody who, I love words, but when it comes to difficult moments, I, you know, what do you say? Words are not enough. So it's really cool that there are actionable ideas or games, like things that you can offer to do or provide. Um, some of the suggestions that they get into are things I never would have thought of of what you can offer to somebody who is already in a place where their their cognitive abilities to make those decisions yeah. just don't exist at, at, anymore. When Alexi first emailed Kales and I to join the podcast, we thought it was really interesting after we kind of creeped their store a little bit about how focused it is on mental health. Um, and that was something really unique that stood out to us. I think when we see mental health in like a corporate sense, it's it's not actually better like it turns into this competition of who has the best mental health and who's the happiest and that's kind of the narrative that we keep shoving down our throats and if you're not okay that's not okay um but as you know we're totally not okay and that's okay and that was something that really resonated with this store they they embrace these difficult moments and they try to shed light on them and give you alternate paths to dealing with these really difficult things and so we normally don't have businesses on, but we thought that this was a really special one and we wanted to share it with you guys. So we hope you enjoy Lexi and Shannon and we'll let them take it away and tell their story. 
I'm Alexi and, and this is Shannon. We are two of the four co-founders of our business, Lost and Found, which is a, um, a retail store, both online and bricks and mortar, all focused on promoting and maintaining mental health. And we're also a gifting destination for those times in life where you have no idea what to say or what to do or what to give somebody because something really crappy has happened in their life. So whether that be the loss of somebody close to you or a job loss or a breakup or infertility, whatever it is, um, we want to help you support both yourself in those situations, but also support your friends in those situations, which goes back to how we, how we first met, which is that the four of us all lost our partners. Um, about three, I guess three and a half years ago would be, would be the mid-range of the year of, of losing your partners. And we, uh, we all met, the four of us became friends, uh, found each other after these experiences and really came to rely on one another as a support network, um, but also began to sort of really dive into the issues of mental wellness and how we were gonna take care of ourselves. Um, take care of some of us who got kids, so take care of our kids, take care of our loved ones as we all grieved and, and went through this terrible life situation. So that's sort of where the seed got planted. And how did you guys all meet? Was it sort of fate that the four of you happened to have this experience around the same time and find each other? Or was there a particular group that you became a part of? What was that link like? So it started with Sarah. Um, Sarah lost her husband first. and. Um, Five months later, um, I lost mine, and we both happened to be in a Facebook group for moms in the East End, and when both of our partners died, um, the mom group organized a meal train to drop off meals to us, so through her hearing about my meal train, um, she was able to reach out directly to me and say, like, I'm my friend, <laughs> I don't know anybody, this is crazy, and, and I'm, in, I'm in your same boat. Um, and then I'll let Shannon tell you how I, how I stopped her on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> we did not know each other, but we had some mutual friends. And when Rob died, I sort of felt like, I didn't know where to turn. Like there's not really, there aren't support groups for young widows or widowers um, because it's pretty rare. I mean, they're at least in, within the city of Toronto. Like when I looked online at bereavement groups or support, it was all either for elderly people or if it was young people, it was more focused on like the loss of a child or a parent. And I just felt like it didn't fit into any of the boxes of pre-existing support groups. And so Alexi ended up seeing my partner's obituary because someone that she knew, uh, who was a friend of my partner's, posted it on Facebook. And so she was reading it. As you do when you just <laughs> lost your partner and you see an obituary for someone else young. Yeah. So what? Who? Where? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, I just was like drawn to this obituary, which seems yeah, strange. Yeah, I should tell this part. Um, but it's yeah, it was crazy. It was it was like I could have just changed the names, and it would have been a totally applicable obituary for my husband. Um, they went to the same high school. They went to the same university. They grew up um, spending summers cottaging on the same lake. They loved the same band. But they you had never met sports teams. We yeah. never met. 
And I was like, this is insane. This is absolute insanity. And so I just messaged Shannon. We should have brought, we should have had the message with us to yeah. read it, but I bet it's funny. They were like four or five years apart yeah. in age, so they, which in high school and university is a big deal. Yeah. Like I think Rob would have been, you know, grade 12 maybe when yeah. Jamie was in grade nine and then Rob was ahead of him at Dalhousie as yeah. well. But I can only imagine what that must have it felt like reading a message saying, our par- I think our partners were the same person. Just <laughs> off of, like, wait, wait. For me, my mind goes into like, oh, that's a TV uh, series in and of itself. <laughs> that would have been, been even stranger. Um, <laughs> but no, we, uh, yeah, luckily um, that was not a consideration because I was like, well, they're, they're both dead and they died at different times, so they are not the same person. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> not a double life. Because I remember sending the message and where I was sitting, and I got the message back in that same spot. So it, you must have responded right away. Yeah, I think I did. I was at a friend's house, and I remember it and sort of, and I was, like, it had just been a few days since my partner died. Like, we just posted the obituary. So I was still really, like, in the fog of and shock. Um, my partner died in Laos in Southeast Asia. So I had just come home. I was with him in Laos. And so I had had to deal with everything there at the embassy and, you know, arranging to bring his body back. And I just got back to Toronto after being in Southeast Asia for about four months. We're like eight days away from the day we were supposed to go home when he died. So it was really, I mean, it was terrible timing and always, but <laughs> we were getting to the end of the trip and we were really looking forward to going home. So it was just, it made coming home without him even more shocking because it was just a little bit ahead of when we were actually supposed to be coming home together. There was a couple that was staying in the same guest house as us that we had sort of briefly met the night before and they uh, were around in the morning when I woke up and found that he had died. I sort of, I sort of knew that he had died, that he was dead, but I think just like the shock and not really wanting to believe that that was the case. So they, this Scottish couple was great. They stayed with me and they called my mom in Toronto and they called the Canadian embassy, just all these things that I like couldn't even really think of at the time. Like I was just in such shock. Right. Um, it really brings about like the best in people. Like it's, it's, such a, it's such a crappy thing to go through. But even like with like that meal train that I mentioned, um, you know, people who are strangers to you, it's amazing the kindness that mm-hmm. that you get yeah. to see um, when when something terrible happens. There's like a really beautiful um, light uh, within all the darkness, uh, which is just human kindness. Yeah. Those people just, they just stepped up. They did. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, they were like, (laughs) and because I was in shock and I was still like, they were on holiday too. And I kept sort of saying to them like, you guys are on holiday. Like, don't you want to, are you going to go like rafting? And they were like, no. (laughs) We're good. We're, just, we're gonna stay with you. Like, uh, are you still in touch with them? Yeah, I am. They know when the anniversary of Rob's death is, and once in a while, some one either one of us will post something on Facebook and we chat a bit. Yeah, 
So the four of you started connecting and forming your own support system that didn't initially exist. Have you had any, you know, wishes or desires of being able to tell people how to speak with you? What questions should or or should not be asked? What's that like? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a a lesson um, for all of us, and and now we speak from the experience of having been there. But we've certainly learned a lot ourselves about what to say and not say, and do and not do. Um, so we were we certainly were experts ourselves going into this experience. Um, but one thing that we learned uh, is that the absolute worst thing you can do is to say nothing. It's so important to acknowledge an event like like a death or, or anything that's really hard um, to acknowledge it. And, and people are afraid to say anything because they don't know the right thing to say and they don't want to make it worse. And like the truth is, you can't make it worse. It's shit. Like, it's not good to begin with. And so you bringing it up doesn't remind me of anything I don't already know, but it's really nice to have it acknowledged. And you don't need to say anything profound. The best things that people said to us, and I think the four of us are, are in agreement on this, were, this is really crappy, and I'm so sorry, and I don't know what to say. And saying, I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you, and I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about you, is, is okay. You don't have to know what to say. It's better just to be upfront and honest. But what are some of the best things that you guys have found that were the most supportive, even if they were small, small gestures? I still love it when people tell me that they're thinking of my partner, Rob, or that something reminded them of him. And that's a conversation I've had a number of times where a friend will text me, for instance, and say, you know, I saw this album come out and I know Rob really liked that band. And so I was thinking of him and people have said to me, you know, I wasn't sure if I should message you because, you know, maybe you're in a really good place today and it's going to make you sad. Like all of a sudden I'm bringing this, you know, grief bomb out of nowhere. You're never going to surprise us. (laughs) You're never going to like catch us at a moment where we have forgotten that this happened. And so it's just always appreciated. And it's not always sad when that happens, right? Like those those are some of the happiest moments. If somebody can tell you a story that you didn't know already, about that person like it's such a gift and I'm like all ears for that because it's like getting a little piece that I didn't know getting something new from him we're always living with it so you mentioning it is not like oh yeah I forgot that happened yeah um so yeah that's I think a huge you get a lot of sympathy and help in the first couple weeks and then it goes away um the meal train that I mentioned is a great way to solve the food problem mm-hmm. because it it's an online, it's like a website and people can sign up for a meal. So you're only ever getting one meal at a time. So for five months, I had random neighbors I'd never met um, dropping off, like they each had a scheduled day and they would drop off a meal. So I didn't get it all at once, which would have been really unhelpful. The other thing maybe is like offering something really specific. Yeah. Like people will say like, let me know if I can do anything for you. And you're like, that's so nice, but I don't have the mental capacity to figure out 
what that is or like the logistics of arranging it with you and like they put the onus back on the person who needs the help when you yeah. say something like let me know if I can do anything to help and I catch myself doing this all the time still it's a really yeah. hard habit to break but a great thing to do would be you know let's say if somebody had kids like to say I'm taking my kids to the park on Saturday you know I'd love to stop by and take your kids with me so that you can have a break Mm -hmm. It's such a concrete thing where like, I'm going to the grocery store tomorrow. Do you need anything from the store? I'll drop it off at your house. They've worked out all the logistics and you just have to say yes or no. Yes, exactly. Because you don't have the brain power to to think up something or be like, "Uh, I need, like, it's just so hard. You end up being like, okay. You don't know what they had in mind too. Like, are they thinking like, I will pick up a few things for you at the grocery store. Or could you be like, great, if you could take on um, calling Rogers and canceling his phone, his yeah. cell phone plan, that would be super. Like something that's so much more involved. Like yeah, you don't involved. know. And you don't want to impose either, right? Yeah. Like you feel, even though you are in this situation, you also, you're still aware of like imposing it on other people. Mm-hmm. Are these some of the ideas that you took when you were deciding what your business was going to be and those things that are um that you offer for other people who are looking for ideas to support others uh through lost and found and maybe you can talk about lost and found's transition as well so yes we do we did think about that very much um when it happened to us i think we started focus on focusing on our own mental wellness as i mentioned and and so we were sort of interested in the space but what really solidified the idea was all the questions that we would get from people saying like, you know, my friend just lost her baby or, you know, my friend is getting divorced and like, what do I do? Like, what do I do to acknowledge the situation? I want to send them something, but like, I don't know what. We became this go-to mm-hmm. like resource center for what do I do in that situation that's really uncomfortable and I have no idea what to do or say. Um, and so we saw that there was this need to help people you know, not only get through those moments themselves, um, but also for people to help them get through those moments and, and being able to provide a really thoughtful and meaningful gift to somebody that promotes their mental well-being is really, um, it's unique. It's, it's, it solves the problem of just you don't know, so you do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have um, we have a selection of books for children as well on topics like death and loss, but also divorce and feelings and mm-hmm. bullying, bullying, consent. Yeah, just things to sort of, and we have some um, like games and activities as well for kids, just for parents to sort of have those tough conversations with the children in their lives as well. Yeah, that's super important. If somebody has kids, like that's a whole, a whole area that they probably don't have experience with. Them, you know, how to have those tough conversations with their kids. So providing like a beautiful book um, that talks about about death and keeping somebody's memory alive can be a really nice gift for a parent. 
Well, I saw too on your website, you have a lot of like board games and stuff as well, like the snakes and ladders to emotional maturity and there's a, a tin can of conversation starters for after dinner or something. Mm-hmm. One that pops to mind too. Um, but with those, like what was the actual thought process going into creating this store? What was it that you guys wanted to achieve and, and, and how are you going about that? I guess you're kind of spoken to that a little bit, but if you can summarize that. I think one of the sort of overriding principles that we adhered to when we were sort of picking our initial assortment of items for the store and for the gift packs we do was items that bring either or both comfort and joy. Because the wellness industry has been around for a while now, or been booming for a while now. Um, but especially at the beginning, we found that wellness seems to always focus a little bit more on your body and a little bit on how you looked um, and not as much on your mental health. Um, and we found also that the wellness industry was, was having this dangerous skew towards perfectionism, you know, where, where people had this feeling like, well, if I'm going to participate in this and do these things that are good for me, I need to have a lot of money, A, uh, because it's going to cost me so much to buy all that food and join all those memberships and, you know, eat plant-based 100% of the time and, and go to yoga every day. And, and it just wasn't, it wasn't attainable um, at the best of times. And it certainly was not attainable at the worst of times. So we wanted to offer a space that was focused on wellness, focused on mental wellness in particular, and that was accessible. I know before COVID, when I first began doing research, when you had first reached out, um, there was something that said on the website that you used the store space for like community events and yeah. like that. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Because I, I found that super unique and that's not something that you very often hear of other than like Lululemon doing their yoga classes. Okay. It's really <laughs> companies are doing Um, and so I wanted to hear a little bit more about those and what those actually look like and and what you guys are actually doing in the space when you can get into the space (laughs) yeah so we it's we've called it our our social club and it has two purposes the the first one is learning so we bring in experts who can teach about a certain topic um, that relates to mental well-being and it could be something that is more serious like we have one around how to talk to kids about death um, which was amazing, and we've had we've had the great butches come in to do a natural wine tasting. So it's it ranges from you know things that are more you know come learn with something fun, and also things that are kind of more spe- situation specific, serious topics that you might want to learn about. Besides learning, the other purpose of it is to give people. Um, a community feel and and maybe when you come to our event you know you might meet somebody new maybe you'll make a new friend so if you're feeling isolated or you're really struggling this is a really safe space to come um, and attend an event with whether it be by yourself or bring a friend you know it's been really nice to be able to make some connections have you been doing them virtually right now yeah, we've had a few virtual ones. We've just been doing them on our Instagram Live. So we post about it. Lost and Found TO is our handle. I don't know what our new handle is going to be, but you'll have it in the notes. We'll post in our in our grid the event information, and then we just host it live on our stories. So bringing in, we brought somebody in to talk about body image during lockdown and, and sort of how to protect against all the noise that's out there around, you know, 
quarantine 19 and all that <laughs> garbage um, and how to, you know, how to be kind to yourself because this is, you know, this is a pandemic, not a wellness retreat. And it's okay if you're not eating as well as you need to, you know, whatever, whatever you need to do to get by. So that was one we did. We held a yoga class. We've got you know, more coming soon. I love the idea of making it user-friendly, especially the idea of, you know, taking away the decision-making onus from that person and just letting them make a yes or no decision or already having those resources and games and options available for people who don't know where to turn or what to give or what to do. And speaking of making things user-friendly, we want to make sure that people are going to be able to find you and be able to support your business. Now, uh, you're changing the name of your business. You're making a bit of a transition there. Are you A, available online with all of your materials? And B, where are we going to be able to find you in the future? <laughs> Under what name? So yeah, you, you may have known us in the past as Lost and Found, but we've just announced a name change. Um, we are going forward to be known as Crying Out Loud. Um, it was a situation that we are very familiar with, um, a situation where life doesn't always work out the way you thought it would, and you have to roll with it. So unfortunately, we had a trademark issue, um, and you know it it sucked, and and we let it we let ourselves sit in the misery for a little bit, but then we dusted ourselves off and said we've been through worse and came out the other side. So certainly we can handle changed in the name of our business. So welcome to Crying Out Loud. Is that what inspired the name, Crying Out Loud? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's a little bit like free your feelings and like be yourself and also like for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit of that. One of the questions that Justin and I decided we wanted to ask everybody, which we just didn't at all in this entire conversation, but what we wanted to ask everybody is, when was the last time that you cried? And if you're openness to sharing, why? I cried on Mother's Day because my daughter kept insisting that Mother's Day was about her. And <laughs> I was just so tired that day and I felt like I'd been like running around talking like doing things for like my mom and then my late husband's mom so my mother-in-law and then his stepmom like there were so many moms to see and then I sort of got home and I was like I'm so tired I've done nothing for myself and now you and she's four by the way you know <gasps> you won't even accept that today's about me and I cried she has babies like her stuffed babies you know just like and then it was like it's not fair there's no kid day there's only a mother's day and a father's day and I was like don't even start <laughs> every, day, oh, every day is kid's day I had a good cry I think maybe like the second week of the lockdown because everything really happened so quickly like the week before the lockdown, the first week of March, we went to a concert at the uh, Scotiabank Arena with like tens of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And then we hosted an event in our space on Thursday. <laughs> and we sort of like that day we had sort of said like, oh, should we, should we cancel? I don't know. Like this coronavirus thing really seems to be 
coming in hot and we didn't. And then, you know, the next week everything shut down. And I think about a week later, it all kind of caught up with me. And I really, and I, I think initially I felt like, okay, maybe this is going to last for like a week or two. Like we'll do, we'll all shut down for a week or two. And then once the realization hit that it was going to be so much longer than we had initially planned, I like had a bit of a freak out and a good cry about it. And then kind of just got it out of my system. And I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. I haven't been feeling amazing about it since then, but no. yeah. We're big, we're big proponents of crying. Yeah. <laughs> no shame. No shame and a good cry. I will purposefully, if I haven't cried in a while, if I real, I'm like, I cry at cartoons, so it happens often enough, but I will purposefully put something on to make me cry if I, if I felt like I had that. I need it. Cathartic, though. It is. I feel like that, too. If I haven't cried in a while, I'm like, oh, there. Like, you've done yeah. something good for yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'll start off by telling you what my one cool thing has been recently that I am just falling in love with. Being stuck in, like, in my four walls for this long, I've started to try to find different ways to not drive myself mad. And I have found a dance studio that used to, I guess still does technically exist that I'd never been to before. And the instructors are all teaching online on their Instagram, either through the studio, which is called the sweat spot. But in particular, this one instructor that I just want to highlight that I've just, just loved. Like I'll dance around like a pony in my apartment and there are windows that face me from where people wait from the elevator shaft. So I've had people <laughs> watching me do the most ridiculous dances that are so freeing. This one instructor named Ryan Heffington, who, um, um, yes, it's oh, amazing. You know I what I'm talking about. This is amazing. Him. My four-year-old taught a dance class in our living room the other day, and she was, like, talking exactly like him, and it was so funny. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's doing mine. I'm having to. I've been running to podcasts, um, which is something that I started doing last year when I started running, and I hated running. And now, if I run to a podcast, it's incredible. I feel like it's like a double whammy of endorphins. Like, you get this, like, amazing story, and, you know, there's been times where I've extended my run just to hear the end of the episode. Um, So I highly encourage that. If you don't love exercising, try doing it to a podcast instead of music. I have been doing puzzles. Uh, at home and my sister and my mom are both doing puzzles and one of my girlfriends is so we have this like very complicated puzzle swap going on where like someone will buy one and then they give to someone else and then you swap one that you had but I've just been finding it's not something that I did in my regular life before like I've done puzzles when I was a kid I think but not really since then and um it's just a really nice, it's not a screen. So it's like, a, it's something to do that's sort of physical, like it's tactile and it occupies your brain just enough that you're not, you know, thinking about work or coronavirus. It requires a low enough amount of your energy and attention that it's still relaxing. And there are some really beautiful puzzles that are coming yes. out now. So we have some. We do. <laughs> we have some puzzles. We've been selling a lot of puzzles and rompers. That's what people are buying right now, like onesies. 
and puzzles. Yeah. So I just love picturing people like in their comfortable outfits. I do them on the ground in my apartment. My one cool thing is an app called Routines. They found that when COVID first started happening, a bunch of their employees were having an issue creating routines. Um, and so they actually developed their own internal application to hand out to their employees. And now they've just put it on the app store for free because it's been doing really well internally. And it basically is just a little to-do list that you can customize for a morning one and a nighttime one. And you can set it so that it just reminds you before you start your day and before you finish your day about the things that you wanted that you considered important. I've been really loving it. So that's my one quote. Oh, that's a great idea. I'll look into that for sure. Yeah, I feel like when the lockdown started, I had a lot of ideas about like, I was gonna run every morning before work and take a break at lunch and like cook a beautiful meal. And those things are not really happening. Um, <laughs> but something like that could like keep me more accountable. Yeah. A lot of companies or well-being companies they're everyone's trying to make money and so the thing that I found really cool is it's totally free they have no yeah. plan of monetizing it it's something that they did for their employees and then they were like oh people might like this we'll put it into the world um so yeah I just it's feels like someone trying to do the right thing for other people thank you so much and thank you for taking the time to chat with us for the podcast as well yeah, yeah. thanks you thank you guys you know, be kind to yourselves wherever, whatever stage you're at. Um, mm. Be kind to yourself and make sure that you are remembering to, you know, take care of your own mental health, but also to look out for that of, of your friends. And if, if you get in sort of stuck in a situation where you want to do something for somebody, but you're not sure what to say or do, you can always reach out to us and we're always happy to help. Okay, well, you guys have a good rest of your night. Thank you. Okay, you, too. Yes, you too. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks again. Meet you face to face. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh my God, they're so lovely. I definitely want to have them back on. I really want to, I mean, there there are bits and pieces in there that we didn't include in the conversation that, because we had to stop. We were, we were talking too much and there's an entire conversation about what relationships look like after losing a spouse that they had some fascinating insight into what dating looks like after losing a spouse. So we're going to have them back to hear about what that journey was like for them. So stay tuned. Yeah. 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 They're Ugh, they're so lovely. I, yeah. I adore them. Next time, once COVID is over, I'm totally going to go to one of their events in the shop and, and check it out. It sounds like such an amazing space and just like a community of like-minded individuals who are just trying to do good for each other. Just really cool energy, which I find yeah. super fascinating. That's one of the things I wanted to point out was that... Um, you know, we were a little bit tentative going into this kind of conversation because you and I, Justin, we don't have the experience that they have been through. So we had no idea how to have this conversation. And that's kind of their expertise. That's their place. They're like, yeah, we get it. Nobody knows how to have these conversations. Nobody knows how to be there for somebody when, when shit hits the fan in such a major way in life. And that's the point. So Something that sparked in my mind was this idea of like, you know, they have kids to take care of as well. And how do you teach resilience to children who have to 
deal with something so monumental at such a young age because as a parent you know I, I'm assuming <laughs> I'm not a parent but there, there's <laughs> god I hope not do I have kids out there that I don't know about <laughs> uh you know you want to protect your kids that's that's sort of this um understanding that as a parent you're there to help raise another human being but what's that balance look like between protecting the ones that you love being there and wanting so badly to be there for somebody who's going through a difficult time but to also allow them to become stronger to go through the hardships and I guess develop a little bit of that callus you know when you are wounded in order to heal and toughen no I hate the word toughen up but like to become to learn resilience and strength so you can get through those times in life it's amazing too that all four of these women just kind of the universe made them collide and magic just kind of happened like yes they have a business together and they are trying their hardest to be successful with it so be sure to check it out when they change the name to for crying out loud Mm -hmm. but I think the really really cool thing about the four of them is there's this kind of sense that they'll always be friends first and and they'll always I mean it's super creepy but like their husbands knew each other before they passed and they had never met like yeah the two of them the universe knew that they were going to need each other and somehow brought them together which I think is super cool I find that so fascinating I'm definitely one who um I like reading about the law of attraction I like yeah awareness kills getting existential (laughs) i won't get too existential right now but i do want to say that the fact that all of them do offer this energy of supporting your own energy first filling up your own cup so that you can take care of somebody else the idea of being aware of energy in that sense taking care of life that in a general sense your own life to be able to offer that support to somebody else I wonder, I wonder how that comes about in a human being and whether or not, you know, because they were already of that same sort of frequency, is that how they all came together, the four of them, to create this business together? And I, I think it's a choice. I, I continually come back to the idea that I think I think it's a choice of attitude. And it's really cool to witness what they've created out of their pain, that whole idea of taking your broken heart and turning it into art. That's that seems to be what they're doing with this business to help heal the rest of the world. So if you are going through a difficult time and you don't know what to say, or maybe someone you know is going through a difficult time and you don't know how to be helpful, hopefully this episode gave you some insights. And if you still need ideas, you should check out Lost and Found TO slash for crying out loud. Um, and all the information's in the show notes. But yeah, check it out. And subscribe. We also have these conversations all the time. We have some really cool ones coming up with more filmmakers, and we'll get back to our regular entertainment and mental health. But we thought you might enjoy this break. So hit subscribe. Give us a, I don't know, rating. Find us on the places where things are. And yeah. We clearly don't have the brain power to make decisions <laughs> about words right now. But that's okay. Totally Someone okay. Someone cancel my phone plan for me. <laughs> Oh, don't say that. (laughs) Well, we'll cut that out. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, I made a really good ashes joke earlier, but Kaylee wouldn't let me keep it in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you want to add? No. How do we end this? Hasta la pasta. Hmm. I'm getting hungry now. (laughs) I'm on my eighth cup of need more sleep. AKA wine.
it is 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> if you like this podcast, you can support it by subscribing to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also leave us a review. Which sincerely helps us. Which we love. Come hang out with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And send us your questions, recommendations, and cool things at we're totally not okay at gmail.com. Learn more about how you can lend your voice to this podcast and join us on an episode by looking at the link in our description. More information can be found at anchor.fm. Thanks for listening to We're Totally Not Okay. But that's okay. Okay, you have a new partner. I didn't even ask like what that is like. We can do a whole episode on that. So we could talk about that. Actually, be a good one because I can talk for four hours about the f- Shannon had had online dated before. Shannon's a bit younger than me, so I feel like it like was a thing for you, or it's like mm-hmm. I missed it completely. So like when we started online dating again, you were like, "Oh, I'm back. I hate this," <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> this is the most fun I've ever had in my life. So I started, I started, I started, I started. But yeah, we're both in like serious, serious, but I'm engaged again. And we arranged to meet and I agonized about whether I should tell him beforehand or if it was going to be this huge bomb to drop on him. You know, like I wanted another child. So like that played into it too. Um, but it was tough. I feel like at first I would get super, super attached really quickly.